In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Everything we can not to really touch those bars so that um, we can go back to living the way we were living uh, and not get disrupted. So we know that that's not really realistic because um, every once in a while we are, we are going to get shaken up and it's, you know, what do we do? So, I mean, we constantly have to be testing ourselves so that when we get near the, the bars of our comfort zone or our cage that we've made up with our thoughts um, that are always going on, instead of retreating, we go a little bit closer, a little bit closer, and it might get a little bit more uncomfortable and uncomfortable, but the more we do it, the easier it's going to be to break through those bars and get to another place where we can experience life at a different level. And the reason I said that this week, because I know that's exactly what you did last Friday, so I'm very, very proud of you, and um, you got to tell me how that feels in a practical sense. You know, Linda, I did. I went to uh, a hearing this Friday. I represented myself. I went up against uh, an ex-husband and his attorney, and that was, I got to tell you, way, way out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm not a good person uh, where authority is concerned. I get frightened very easily. I'm intimidated very easily. And I got to tell you, it was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. You know, when you are a victim of a crime and you have to advocate on your own behalf, there's so many limitations that you put on yourself. You know, for me, it was like, well, nobody's going to believe me. You know, the stuff is too crazy. And that's all that chatter in your head that keeps you frozen in a spot if you let it. Right? Is what you know, what are they gonna think of me? They're gonna think I'm crazy. It's not gonna work. I'm only gonna make it worse, right? All of that. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at four, three PM Central on Toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep in the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of twenty four books. 
For more information on Tricia and Living Inspired, go to her website, TriciaGoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Well, that was exciting. You know, Linda, live radio, you got to love it because sometimes we go and sometimes we don't go, but either way, we keep going. So when we left off, uh, Linda, I was talking to you about uh, the fear I felt in the courtroom, the intimidation, the uh, feeling like I thought everybody would think I'm crazy because the stuff I'm talking about is so crazy. And it was really disconcerting for me to be a college-educated, successful, articulate radio show host who flubbed and stumbled in my opening statement to the judge. And it was all in my head. Exactly, it's all in your head, and and the rest of the rest that you you said at the beginning doesn't matter. It's only what's going on in your head that makes or breaks it. And you were really, really uncomfortable, but you powered through. I did, I did. I powered through. I made my statement, and what was really funny, Linda, is that the judge said to me, he's like, "Okay, Miss Beck, we're ready for your second incident," and I'm like. Uh, I don't have a second incident. I'm like fumbling through my papers, fumbling through my papers. And what was very interesting at that moment, Linda, um, because then the judge said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. There's an extra piece of paper in here that, that shouldn't be assigned to your case. Um, I realized this is just paperwork. You know, it may be a courtroom. It may be all these things. And if anybody can argue contracts after 50, 15 years in Beverly Hills high-end real estate, it's me. And so when I realized that this is not about domestic violence, this is not about he said, she said, this is not about believability, this is about what the contract says and the court says, I'm contractually protected, you know, with a restraining order, and I need to be protected. And everything changed, Linda. My my blood pressure went down. My face was flaming red. And, you know, I was so nervous. And so upset. And then when I changed my way of thinking, I shut off that monkey, that chatterbox in my head, shut that off and thought, I know contracts better than anything. This is just a contract. Yeah, it may have to do with my life, but it's just a contract. Yeah, and you were in the moment. You knew that what had to be done, you weren't You weren't thinking you were just doing. You knew that you had uh, everything that you needed there, and you went on. And right, I mean, isn't it amazing what we can do for ourselves 
I mean, you it know, we, it, we, we can either be in, in panic mode or we can just forget the thoughts, be at the back end of the thoughts, sort of be an observer of what's going on and just get it done. Yeah. Well, it's it's the thing is we can't change what's happening. Like, you know, when I was sitting in the courtroom, I can't change what the judge is going to say. I don't know what the attorney, opposing attorney is going to ask me. I didn't have any representation. So, you know, I felt kind of like a sitting duck. But the one person who was making me the most nervous was not my ex, was not the judge, was not the people in the room. It was me. Yes. I I mean, that, well, that's a great realization. That's, that's really being conscious of what's going on, and that's, like, the most wonderful thing. Well, and conscious of how we look at things and conscious of how we experience things because we have a choice. That's what I realized in that courtroom. I could have continued to flub and talk softly and, and get embarrassed, and you know, but then when I'm like, look, this is a contract between the court and me. I get this protection. You know, it's a no-brainer. All of a sudden, this whole side of me, that emotional side, shut off, and I could think. And yeah. that's, I think, you know, when we talk about our guest today, Dr. Ronit Lamy, who has so much experience um, with helping us figure out the right person before we say I do, you know, with over 60% of marriages ending in divorce in the United States, we're doing something wrong. I mean, there's something wrong, whether it's the choices we make, if we don't have the staying power. You know, I did. I filed for divorce, so I joined that 60%. Uh, but I wonder if... Um, if we started making decisions about our partner, especially as women, less emotionally and more like a contract or logically, would we be better off? And that's something that I really want to talk to Dr. Lamy about. Well, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but I know that most people are more uh, excited about the actual wedding than they are about the marriage. And it's easy to get married. It's hard to stay married. And, and everybody that's been married knows that. So, uh, yeah, I'll be anxious to hear some of the uh, finite points of, of what we can do to make a more solid relationship and not follow the Hollywood gang that are married for 35 minutes and decide to say goodbye. Right, that's not even a marriage, you know, and it makes a mockery of marriage because to me marriage is a really sacred covenant. It's beautiful. It's it's binding, um, but, boy, not these days. Uh, I need to take a commercial break. Our guest today is Dr. Lamy. She is a... Um, she is just fantastic, and she brings with her a perspective from England, from Israel, from the United States, you know, really, really interesting things about love and relationships and how we can choose the right person to have the best possible life together. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. Living the life 
For more on the show and your host, check out her website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, Linda. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we have our guest. Uh, We're trying to reach our guest. So, Linda, in the meantime, um, I would like to ask you, you have kept your marriage quite a long time. I want to know what some of your secrets are for that long-lasting marriage. Well, I think it's very interesting that I lived with my husband for over 20 years before we actually did get married. And I think it took that long (laughs) to know that I had an escape valve, and so did he. Uh, so, um, you know, I, psychologically, I know that worked for me. I know that I'm not normal. I mean, we were living together in the 70s when, when people just weren't living together. So I always liked being the rebel child, and, and I guess I was. But um, it worked for us. I mean, we had a lot of times at the beginning where uh, he walked out, and he came back, and he walked out. He was like a yo-yo or a boomerang, back and forth and back and forth. And then uh, finally in 1988, uh, he said, well, you know, why don't we get married? And up prior to that, he wanted to get married at some points. I, want, I wanted to get married at some points, but we could never kind of agree until finally in 1988 we agreed. And um, I've been married to him now for what we're going on to our 25th year, I guess. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, what kept you guys? 
um, together. And we've got Dr. Lamy coming up, so she can add some great uh, insight into this. What do you think held you together all these years? I don't know. I, I don't have any great insights into that. I really don't. I mean, we, you know, we have our difficulties. We, we fight a lot. Um, if he says black, I say white and vice versa. But somehow we always seem to come back to center. And I guess our core values um, are a lot alike, even though a lot of our interests aren't. You know, I'm very spiritual, and I'm into doing all the things that I'm doing now. For so many years, we had Wall Street in common because, you know, I was working in Wall Street, and he was and still is. Um, and then I kind of veered off um, into other things. Uh, but he's all – I've made a lot of changes um, since he's known me. I've known him since I was 19, so you can imagine how many transitions there's been. But he seems to uh, be able to cope with all the changes that I've made in Linda throughout the years and, and stayed and not been threatened by them. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. Well, I'm really uh, glad that you you have that staying power, you know, because it really shows that things can be done because so many, so many times I hear people say, well, I was young when I got married and now I'm not the same person. And, you know, you were 19 when you met him, lived together for 20 years, and you're married for 25 years. Um, it's really a, a, a challenging thing, and I'm, I'm so proud of you for doing that. And I'd like to bring on uh, Dr. Lamy. Uh, Dr. Lamy is a uh, specialist in so many areas. I want her to share with you some of the um, some of the places she's lived, some of the places she studied, and some of her successes because it really, really is quite wonderful. Dr. Lamy, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi, Sandra. Hi, hi, um, hi. Dr. Lamy, tell us, tell us, you, you were born in Israel, you were educated there, then where did you go on your travels? Well, I got my first degree in Israel, then I moved to England and got my master's and my PhD and my clinical hypnotherapy, and then I stayed there and worked there and came to Los Angeles for vacation, fell in love with it, and have decided to stay. So I had to transfer all my education and start again, and here I am. Now, did you find, you know, and you, I know you go back and forth uh, between the United States and Israel. Are there relationships, commonalities that are just genuine to people, or is it really culture-driven uh, by the country in which you live? It's such a... This is a question I get to ask a lot, not just in Israel and here, but also in Europe, in London. And the, in my observation, the professional answer will be that once we strip off all the cultural differences, we are the same. So when you get married, your disagreement and your arguments are primarily around similar things regardless, regardless of where you're from. Um, sometimes there are cultural challenges in marriage that are particular to a specific culture, but again, you can see the sim a similar dynamic in a different country manifesting itself in a, in a different area, but the bottom line is that there are, you know, we all share the same issues in our marriage, regardless of where we are from. What, um, hi, Dr. Lamy, this is Linda. Um, what would you say, I think it keeps changing uh, <laughs> from time to time, but what is the number one reason people are getting divorced today? 
I can only speak from my experience because I haven't done research about that. But from my research and experience, the, the number one thing is money. And the second one is when they feel that they have nothing in common anymore and the glue or the chemistry or the love is not there anymore. Um, and that when they've lost interest. So those are the two main things that people get divorced over. And obviously there are other reasons, but they're not the main ones, such as, you know, if people have psychological or emotional issues that cannot be resolved. Well, you know, a lot of people think that infidelity plays a part in it, but not so, not so much anymore. No, because if people really want to stay together and they can overcome the hurt and the pain of um, a betrayal in a marriage, then they can work it through and stay together, especially if they have kids. So this well, can isn't be... Well, is usually... Yeah. Um, Dr. Lamy, isn't infidelity usually a symptom of a bigger problem? I know it was in my marriage. You know, it wasn't so much... I mean, the infidelity wasn't great, don't get me wrong. That was the worst thing I've ever been through. But it was symptomatic of a bigger issue, you know, a psychological and emotional issue that my ex-husband had. So it, it was more a symptom than really the problem. Do you find that in your practice? You, I hear what you're saying. So, you know, it, it really depends upon what group the person falls under. So if the person is emotionally healthy relatively speaking, and they're lacking something in the marriage, such as communication, intimacy, true connection, and the other partner is not really paying attention to the other person's needs, um, you know, that's not, being unfaithful is not, it, it, it's not really symptomatic, but if the person, if the, the person in the marriage who is being unfaithful is being as such, not because of the other partner's uh, lack, of, uh, lack, lack of attention towards him or other reasons, but because of their own issues, then you're absolutely right. So it's not a black and white question. It really depends upon the individual who's been unfaithful and the, the marriage that they're having. Now, it, I'm not justifying it, um, n not at all, but sometimes people think that the person who's been unfaithful, and I'm not referring to, you know, to your case at all because I don't know anything about it but sure. sometimes we think that the person who is, has been unfaithful is the one who is is wrong and if we at times in therapy you can find out that that's not absolutely the ultimate truth now how about money i mean money played a big part in my divorce up until the divorce during the marriage you know my ex-husband had a very different relationship with money than i did you said money is a very big chief cause is it because one person's spending one person's not is it the relationship with money how does money affect a relationship <laughs> Sandra, that's such a great question <laughs> there's so much to say so i'll try to answer it to the best of my ability with the time that we have um, money can play a role in very different ways so it can be because one person spends and the other one doesn't spend but it has to be done in extremes because the fact that one spends and the other one doesn't spend sometimes can be a, a balancing factor so but it's when it, it's done in the extreme, then this is where we have a serious problem. It's also related 
when we talk about our relationship with money, what are certain beliefs that we have around money that affect our marriage? Or how do we, the choices we make around money with regard to what I want to spend my money on? So for my spouse, it would be more important to buy a good house and not travel so much. And for the other uh, spouse, it would be traveling and living in the condo. So there are a lot... Uh, the question is—it's is, a great question, but it's too generic. So if you can, if you can ask me more specific questions, I guess I can elaborate or answer it better. Sure, sure. Well, we've only got a couple uh, minutes before commercial break. Um, in a, uh, you know, just in a, in a quick summary, is there one thing that you would ask before we go to our next segment, and I'll get into more depth uh, that would be an indicator that you're compatible with money? I have an answer can probably is relevant to many other questions. The answer is yes. If two people are willing to give up what they know is right around money and be open and flexible to listen to the other partner and work together toward a mutual satisfactory goal, that's my answer. Terrific, terrific. I'm going to take us to commercial break. Our guest today is Dr. Lamy, and we're talking about love and relationships and some of the things that we have that are red flags uh, before we say I do. And we want to talk to Dr. Lamy, money being a great big one. If you missed the first half of the show, you'll want to check us out on iTunes. You can also pick us up on PoweredUpTalkRadio.com. This broadcast will be available there as well as on our host station, TogiNet. So you'll want to come back after the break to learn about more red flags in relationships. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Get ready for Smart Health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. 
We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 42. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin. And from coast to coast, we've got you covered. Today's show is about love and relationships. We talked about relationships and how they are affected by money in the last segment. We have Dr. Lamy with us today, and I'd like to open this segment and ask her about what are the five most important things in any relationship. I like that. I like five. I can do five. Linda, how about you? Well, I got to hear them first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure you're going to like them, Sandra, after you hear them. So the first is, yes, the first component is the willingness and and then the commitment to be together because without without it, it's hard to work through the rest. The second aspect is to respect one another and to be giving and kindness. Sorry, to be giving and kind. The third one is the ability to trust. You need to really, really trust each other almost on any level. The fourth is the ability to be physically intimate with one another. And I'm not just talking about sex, I'm talking about uh, pure intimacy. And the fifth one is the ability to resolve disagreement in a respectful manner. So those have been known to be the five factors that would get any marriage or any relationship through hardship and through good times. So I'd like to go through each of these because Linda's so smart. She's like, I don't know what I'm agreeing to. I, of course, agree to it um, without thinking. That's why we're good radio show hosts together. Linda, are you agreeing um, to it now? I'm, well, I'm, so- I'm sorry. <laughs> say again. I didn't hear you. Are you agreeing to it now? Yeah, I think that those are very important uh, aspects of a marriage. And and I don't – I said to Sandra before, it seems to me that people now are more excited about the wedding plans than they are actually about the marriage. So one of my questions to you, and we can get back to the the five, is what, what should a couple do beforehand so they don't get into trouble after they say the vows? This is a very good question because, first of all, I like what you've, you're saying. You're absolutely right. People are more excited about the wedding than the marriage. Um, so the things that they need to look into before they say I do, is they need to ask specific questions and they need to be clear about certain things. The, they need to know their financial expectations they need to learn about what financially what do they expect from each other and the, the, the financial lifestyle they do want to create they need to be clear about their values spiritual values and human values they need to know what if the expectations from the spouse and in the marriage if they're 
real or a fantasy. Um, they need to understand what kind of things do they have in common. They need to know if they really can talk about everything without feeling uncomfortable and without being judged and with, you know, being, feeling safe. And they need to know what really makes them happy and identify their needs and see if they can meet each other's needs. That sounds like a lifetime of work. Would a, would a prospective couple need help in doing this so that they don't get, you know, in sometimes my, you need a referee. In my belief, everybody needs to have pre-marriage counseling before they get married. So they learn more about it. You know, they can save so much headaches once they're, they have certain tools and they're giving certain tools and once they develop certain skills that can help the marriage. And they can create a happier life and a happier marriage. Well, so, I yes, think... it is a lifetime work, but you can, you can help people to identify the basics to start with, and then they can continue creating it together. Yes, I think one of the one of the things that really uh, get people off on a bad track is even if they see these flags before the marriage, and and you do. I mean, if you know a person, you you kind of say, oh, every time he does that, it kind of uh, rings a bell. But they believe, especially the younger ones, they believe they can change the person, and that is what <laughs> never happens, um, and it leads to all sorts of problems. It's true. There are certain things you can never change, but there are certain things you do can change. So you can change the way a person listens if if they choose to practice and learn about that. Yeah. You can change the way a person because we you know we all come from different backgrounds and we all have our ideas, synchronicities, and no one is perfect. But what can be changed is the way we pay attention to the other person and therefore understand them more. And as a result of that, if both people do it together, it makes the marriage much better and the relationship much better rather than just focus on me, me, me. What do I get? What do I get? I always say just ask, what do I give? Do I really want to give to that person? Yes, I, you well, know, I agree. I agree. You know, I want to go back to these five factors for a minute because love didn't even come up in the five factors. You know, when you think of the first one, it was willingness to be together. Well, that's a choice. You either make that choice or you don't make that choice. Then I looked at your second factor, respect one another, giving in kind. Well, to me, giving that's, in, yes, in, yes. that's like the way you're made. You know, it's like either you're made that way. You know, when I see people, Dr. Lamy, they either are respectful and and giving in kind to all people or to no people. So I look at that as kind of like the way we're made. No. And then, not, no? Uh, no. <laughs> not true. No, no. You're right. I, I mean, logical ways to think this way, but it's not true. Because some people, depending upon their upbringing, if they come from a self-centered home and this is what they, the only thing they, they know, and later on in life they can go through different experiences and they realize that the world doesn't operate this way, and they can change and they can learn. Oh. Giving is something that you can learn. You know, human nature, if, if we work through our ego, is we get to a point that we enjoy giving. The, 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 the spirit enjoys giving. The ego likes taking. So oh, if we work through that, it, it's part of our human nature to give. 
What about the people that give too much? Oh, not for the right reasons, though, but because they well, they want everyone to like them. That, that's that, that's a pathology. Yeah. This is absolutely wrong because the reasons for giving are not. The intention behind their giving is not healthy. You see, in an ideal scenario, if you take the highest spiritual perspective, we need to give without expecting anything in return. Yes. So, and that's hard to do because the ego will always kick in and we'll have this negative conversation. Oh, I get more and he didn't do enough and I do all the work. But, and, and it's valid. And, it's a conversation that can be validated depending upon the dynamic in the relationship. But if two people hold the perspective of giving rather than taking and they each want to give as much as they want to receive, that's a whole different conversation to live in. Well, that's a healthier uh, place to live, absolutely. And if, you give, if someone is giving because they are people pleaser, then... This is where therapy comes into place, and you work through that and see where it's coming from and why do they do that, and they can change. Should they change? Now, what about, speaking of changing, Dr. Lamy, what about trust? You know, it's like my trust was shattered in the divorce and the affair. You know, it was the girl who worked for me. She was my good friend. She's now living with my ex-husband, you know. So I have trust issues with women and with men and huge ones when it comes to relationships. And you put in here the ability to trust each other. How do you, when you've been beaten up by life, you know, the older we get, I think the less we trust. Um, At least I know that's for me. How do you... Is trust a skill you build, like you like giving? Yes, you, you can, but it's a difficult one because if you're wounded and you're hurt, it would be harder to break that pattern. So it's not something that come, can come easily, but it can be overcome. So you can learn to trust. And again, we talk about trust um in our conversation, but if we want to analyze it deeply, it's a, it's a deep concept, and it falls under so many areas of our life. You can trust somebody that they won't lie to you, but maybe you, you can't trust them that they will be there when you need them. You can trust somebody that they're going to show up whenever you need them, but you can't trust them with, with something else. So when I talk about the ability to trust, like that, it doesn't mean that you've got to give 100% trust right away at the beginning of the relationship. This is something that you need to build with time, and we all come from broken relationships in one way or another. You know, our parents, any parents make mistakes, and, and humanity has trust issue overall. So to answer your question, yes, you can work through that, but that requires work. And you, t- you need to take baby steps. And you need to also define your expectations. You know, some people have expect too much from others, and then they set everybody to fail, and they can never trust them. So you, one has to look into that as well. Well, don't you? I mean, I think that the first person that you you need to trust is yourself and know that no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. And I think that that alleviates a lot of the pressure. That would, that's absolutely true. But the, there are two things with regard to that. One is most people are not equipped to trust themselves. And, again, I guess you can learn to trust yourself more and more as you grow older. So it's a skill that you develop. And 
the second part, which I have to admit, I've forgotten. <laughs> well, so, I was just stumped with the trust yourself. about something else and you come back to me. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, I just think it's really important. I know for me, my trust issues come from not trusting my own judgment because how could I have chosen a husband so badly? How could I have chosen a friend so badly? Uh, when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to talk about uh, the two other factors that Dr. Lamy talked about, the ability to be physically intimate and the what I think is the hardest thing, I know it's really hard for me, is the ability to resolve disagreements in arguments that keep the relationship alive. So when we come back from the break, Dr. Lamy is going to answer these questions, and we are going to, I'm going to get out of my fear and comfort zone, and I'm not going to be wounded and hurt anymore, and I'm just going to get my free therapy on today's show, because, Linda, that's what I do. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick you guys up. Come back after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Ladies, this is 
Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we have Dr. Lamy, and our discussion today, man, it's starting to heat up with these five factors uh, for a great relationship. Number one, a willingness to be together. Two, respect one another, giving in kind. Number three, ability to trust each other. Number four, the ability to be physically intimate. And number five, which I think is one of the hardest ones, is that ability to resolve disagreements in a way that preserves the relationship. Uh, we're here with Dr. Lamy, and we were talking about trusting yourself. I want to go back to that trust um, issue a little bit uh, before we go on, Dr. Lamy. Um, when you you said that you can trust yourself, you know, that, that you can trust yourself and there are people who are not, you cannot trust, but then there are some people who don't trust themselves and blindly trust. So what are we supposed to do with trust? That's it. That's it. That's a good question, Sandra. What does that mean? What are we supposed to do with trust? Can you elaborate on that so I can give you um, a better yeah, do we take good answer? Baby steps? Do we give people, you know, like for somebody like me who has serious trust issues, do we give them little baby steps, test them constantly as they prove their trust? Do we just no. resolve that no, we're no, going to no, get No, 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 you hurt? don't test. Testing is setting people to fail. And, and people pick up on tests so you don't the first thing you do is you come you go into the relationship with no expectations to begin with and then you observe you just let the person be and you see how they interact with you if they follow the word if they say i'm going to call you at this time do they do and if they don't do they communicate with you you, you see how they treat you you observe their conversation you you start observing everything about them and and then you can slowly slowly the more because trust when you don't trust somebody or you don't want to give your trust to others is because there is fear of being hurt and you don't want to expose yourself and you don't want to give yourself fully because you want to avoid being hurt so you can't shut yourself down from the rest of the world because then you do, you won't have a healthy relationship and you won't you don't give the yourself the possibility for creating a relationship. So at the beginning, you just observe and you don't have any expectations. Once, some, when you, once you find someone who, over time, more often than not, is being there for you, showing to you that you can trust them, then you can start learning to give back your trust. Granted, the best thing in life to do is to remember that we are all humans. So it doesn't matter how much you can trust somebody and, and how much somebody is trustworthy, there, there will be times that they'll fail you. And then this is where you have your judgment calls and expectations. Did they fail me on some, something major that I can never forgive them and I cannot trust them again? Or did they fail me on something minor that that's fine, it's human error. And the bigger question is, even if they fail you on something big, and I'm not talking failing you because they have a personality disorder or a, a mental issue, um, but so even if they fail you on something big, do you want to ask yourself, do I want to forgive? Am I, can I forgive? Am I willing to forgive and therefore forgive that person a second chance? Because not forgiving is kind of poisoning the, the, the self, the mind, the spirit, the body. 
Uh, and at the end of the day, this is something that no, it, it's not healthy for us to carry with us. Sandra, that kind of goes back to what we were talking at the beginning of the show about th that cage or the self-imposed comfort zone. And when you get really close to that, um, you, you really want you retreat back because of the fear of going further. So you kind of have to just take a deep breath, relax, and, and dip your toe in the water and go a little further every time so that you can build that up. Yes. And you can also, once you find somebody that um, is emotionally healthy, you can communicate the that it's hard for you to trust and they need to give you time. And if with a, with a healthy person, you can create that. Well, and what's interesting is the word I keep hearing over and over from both of you is time, 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 time. And I look at so many of my friends who've been married, you know, one, two, and three times. They don't give enough time in the beginning. It, what's the urgency that makes us want to get married right away when we have chemistry? Insecure, you know? It's our insecurities, and we want the end result. So we don't – it's like the fear of being hurt, of it, it's not going to work out. So we think that if we get married and we have the ring and we have that certificate or whatever it is, things will be better, and then we will trust them more. But if, if we, we approach the relationship, and, and this is the hardest thing to do because most people don't communicate. I see so many people going out on dates and, and in my work as well. They don't, they, they don't have a significant conversation about the relationship. They just talk about other things, almost anything but themselves. And in order to build something solid, you cannot do that. You've got to talk about important things and about your yourselves and your fears and your desires and your like what you like and your values and a lot of things. People need to spend more time talking at the beginning than anything else, than jumping into bed. I agree. Sometimes, I agree. Sometimes people jump into bed because they think they can connect to the other person in this way, and that that will that's what's going to make them closer to each other. Yes, temporarily, but that's not the ultimate glue. You know, the thing that kills, uh, you know, people is their insecurities. And if, you know, and if you open up and reveal yourself, it's going, you know, they're going to run away, like we said at the beginning, either the man or the woman. So you, you put on this, this, what you think they want from you. And, and of course, is, that's not is. who you are. And then, and then you, you get into a, and you get married, and it's day after day after day. It's hard to put on the pretense day after day so, after day. Let's look into that. Why would somebody who is going, you know, getting married is one of the major decisions you're going to have in your life, and then having children. So when somebody, this is what Sandra, I think you mentioned before, or Linda, I don't remember which one about pleasing others. When you go and date somebody, you cannot do things that you think they want to see about you. If you do that, the main question to ask is why do you do that? Why do you set yourself up for failure or dissatisfaction? Because you can act for the rest of your life. Eventually it will catch up with you. And so you, 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 what, what's happening is that you live an inauthentic life. What does that mean when you say an inauthentic life? I hear that all the time. I see it in movies. I see it in magazines. What does that mean? 
It means like that you're living a lie. Not. It means that who you show the world, the self that you show the world is not what's going on inside you. Your thoughts and your actions are not aligned. Your words and what what you say is also not aligned with what you think. So you show, for example, um, I know this couple that the woman is, the, the, the husband is very controlling and he has a lot of money. And she shows to him whatever he wants she gives to him. She pleases him. She, she shows her sweet face to him. And she... Basically, I, can, I want to use the word she's fake around, a fake, fake around him. When he's not there, she shows and she talks about him in a completely different way than what she shows to him. This is being inauthentic. She doesn't have the guts or the courage to tell him, no, I don't want to make dinner tonight. Let's go out. Because she's afraid he will control her with money. So this is an example of being inauthentic. Sandra, I think, too, that, you know, so people that are, are not authentic, they are fear-based because they, they fear if they reveal the real self, then, then it's not only going to scare them, it's going to scare other people. So, it's you know, everything has to do with fear. Yes. Yes. And it's, you know, it's a terrible way to live. Yes, the basic of, you know, the um, two basic Emotions that manage probably the world or fear or love. Yes. But you figure, you know, how long can you how long can you pretend? It's like when you're in high school and everybody says, "Oh, you know, after about three weeks, you know, the real person starts coming out." But some people are very good at that, oh. and you'd be surprised. And that, and that that this is also some of the reasons that the illnesses are manifested. I have I have a couple of women in my life that I've known for thirty some odd years and I don't know them at all because what what you know we go out to dinner or you see them or you see, and you and it, it you just know that it's not what you see is not what you get yes. that's not the real them yes very it's you know they you, they think they're hiding it but it it's really if you're into into that it's very very obvious yes I agree with that yes. If you have the eye for it, if you can observe it, it's very apparent. Yes. And now how, I'm going to just ask you a funny question because um, we only have two minutes left of the show. Dr. Lamy, you know so much about love and relationships and people and, and their psychoses and their pathology. Do you just walk around the world going, oh, my God, everybody has got something? Or is it <laughs> something that you just tune out, you know? You know, I don't go around thinking, oh, everybody's got something, but I have to tell you the truth. When I meet people, it's, it's, it's there. I don't, I don't even have to think about it, but I don't analyze. So what I do is I just see, what, let's call it the area that they haven't worked through, and I'm just aware of that. So I, do, I know not, you know, I know it helps me how to relate to them. So I want, you know, I become more sensitive to them and I listen to them differently. Well, Dr. Lamy, I want to thank you for being on the show today. I had a great time, Linda. I hope you did, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a topic you know, that we could talk about for days and days. Yes. Days and days. I have a whole list of questions, and I have to say that I've known Dr. Lamy for, oh, my gosh, what, four or five years now, and I'm so thankful that she answered that question that we're not all nutballs because I'd be like, oh, my God, what's she thinking when I'm sitting across the table from her? Uh, <laughs> but you know what? 
We all have to own who we are. I think that's what it is at the end of the day, and I want to thank you, Dr. Lamy, for sharing those five factors. Um, I'd like to have you back in the future to talk about ability to resolve uh, disagreements because we didn't sure. have time Sandra, for that. Sure, Sandra, i just I... make one more comment because I know you don't have sure. time. Even though you observe something, you always come from love. This is the difference. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when you observe something, you come from love. Even if it's something that what you call, you know, the weakness or the areas of, that of no growth, you, you bring love. That's it. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful